Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. And welcome to episode 235 of the Michigan Sports Street Postgame Edition on TalkShoe. I'm Taylor Phillips along with Buck Gino III and Louis Tenor. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? We're doing good. Good. Hey, Buck, are you there? Speak up a bit. I'm here, Barry. All right, good. Got some recapping to do. Um, Red Wings and Lightning, Pistons and Nets, and Tigers and Orioles, plus um, another roster move they made. First off, the... Let's start with the Tigers first. The Tigers have released Mike Palfrey, and that and that was inevitable because Mike Palfrey was really lo- was really uh, losing out on the uh, starting rotation because he was awful the entire spring, and and um, the, the the Tigers were better off without him. They they beat the Baltimore Orioles seven to three today. By the way. But um, it, I've, and it was just time to time for uh, Mike Calfrey to go. So they made the right move. Hey, Buck, you're gonna have to speak up a bit. I I can I can hardly hear you. I I can't hear you at all. <laughs> You know, last year he he really struggled, and I think that when they looked at the numbers that he had had before he got to Detroit, it kind of went counter to what they were preaching about sabermetrics and advanced stats and all these other things because Mike Pelfrey, in his advanced stats, had never been really effective. I mean, they, they thought that they had something, they thought he could eat some innings and and be the, the fifth guy or the fourth guy. And he really got put into some situations that he's not effective in. And that coupled with the fact that he is declining. You, know, you could see it last year and even this year uh, in the spring, he just didn't have any life on his fastball, didn't have an out pitch. And when you put those two things together, you're not going to be able to get major league hitters out. And they they tried it for a year. They signed him to a two-year deal, which was sort of puzzling to begin with. Um, the same thing with Mark Lowe. And I think that for for Mike Pelfrey to, um, you know, to, to continue with the Tigers past spring training this year would have, would have been – a, a bad move at best, and so it was a long time coming. They needed they needed to re- to remove him from the the rotation. They needed to get him out of the bullpen. He couldn't do either one, 
And I think that moving forward, that will help them because I think that if I'm going to look at this roster, the bullpen is still the biggest worry. And I, I think that regardless of what they were going to have to eat as far as contract and money-wise, it was the right move. And there just wasn't anything they could do with him. So we'll, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. Uh, I, I feel like some team will probably end up giving him a shot down the road just because he has that experience. But for the Tigers, I mean, he just really never did what they expected him to. Yeah, Mike Calfrey was a bust, and so was Mark Lowe. And uh, right before the Tigers released him recently, before they released Mike Calfrey, Mark Lowe, as someone point, as most would point out has reached beyond his prime and he and he kept proving so. The Tiger Alavila signed two guys, Mark Lowe and Mike Calfrey, both pitchers. One passes prime and one just not so very just awful. They were both awful last year. And Alavila knew that those that he regretted that he was going to regret Signing those two to a, to any type of contract when they they proved the opposite of what Alavila wanted them to prove. Well, and they've got a lot more invested in, in Anibal Sanchez than they do Mike Pelfrey. So, from a, a standpoint of what they're able to do financially, I mean, Anibal Sanchez, for better or worse, is going to be on the Tigers for at least this year and, and, and probably even maybe next year. Um, just because of the investment that they made on him with that five-year contract that they signed him to. And, uh, again, you, when you look at the bullpen, I mean, they have Kyle Ryan, who was really their long guy. You know, He's the guy that's going to come in and, and pitch a couple of innings or or try to get some some length out of the game on the left-hand side. And so Anibal Sanchez is pretty much relegated to that role. He looked okay in the spring. For yeah, he's there, But he's not a rotation guy anymore because he can't go more than two, two times through the lineup. And if he has any trouble at all, now you're dipping into the bullpen. And the starters, <clears throat> excuse me, have to go at least six innings to, to be effective. Uh, and really kind of minimize the game. And I think the Tigers last year, their, their bullpen struggled, and it was pretty obvious. But I think that the, the fact that they struggled a lot had to do with the situations they were put in. And then that's what, that brings us to the manager's handling of said bullpen. And I think it will be a real key for them this year, again, how he handles that, because they put the, the bullpen in a lot of awkward situations last year, and that led to a lot of their – failure. And if you can get guys in high leverage situations where they're more comfortable and they have a a better chance of success, then you're going to see some better results. But again, we we look at Brad Osmus and he's, he's putting guys out there that are tenuous at best. And he's putting them on there with runners on base, runners on scoring in scoring position with, heavy parts of the lineups coming up and it's just not getting it done. You can't let your bullpen 
hang out to dry every game like that and expect them to do it. This isn't the 1998 Yankees. Mm-hmm. And and you, you can't just keep sending guys out there with runners on the second and third, nobody out because the starter just couldn't get through that, that last turn. Put the guys in at the beginning of the inning. I, I think that that's one of the things that really frustrated me when I watched the games. There's There's a lot of difference coming in with a clean slate as being shoved into a situation that you have to succeed there, and there's no room for error. And I think that that kind of falls on the manager more than it does the players because a lot of times they weren't going out there with a high chance of success. So I, I think that they, I think they could do better. They obviously didn't improve to their, or they didn't obviously uh, play up to their potential, but you're putting guys out there in, in, in situations where it's hard for them to, to win. And I think that was really key to a lot of their failures as a team. And hopefully that changes this year. I mean, I know that it's not an exact science, but you keep sticking guys out there when the starters made a complete mess of the inning. And you're going to fail more often than not just because that's the law of averages. So, I'm hoping against hope that Brad Ausmus is able to figure out some things, but uh, I have my doubts. The good thing for the Tigers, and we've talked about it before, this division that they're in is not a strong division. Uh, outside of the Indians, there's really not a lot of team or not a lot of guys on any of those teams, the Royals, the White Sox, or the Twins, that scare me. And I think that if the Tigers can just stay the course and get some timely hitting and, and really get some decent starts, you know, they're looking at a good, solid second place, or maybe even if the Indians stumble a little bit, they'll be right there. And that's kind of what you're hoping for at this point, because this is not the high power offense that we're used to seeing you know, for the last so often from the Tigers. Uh, J.D. Martinez on the DL with that sprained foot. So, He's going to start the, the the year on the disabled list, so that's already one bat that it's out of the lineup. You remove Cameron Maben, who had a career year last year. And you, you take him out. Uh, the center field spot looks like it's just going to go by default to Jacoby Jones, just the way this is playing out. And so now you, you've got in the lineup that is going to be uh, a little bit top, you know, a little bit top heavy, and you're going to hope that they can produce some runs and. You know, maybe somebody steps up. Um, there's some rumors floating around that they're still shopping guys, trying to make some trades, trying to make some moves. Um, Jose Iglesias is one of those names that keeps popping up. And, oh you know, if that, if that were to happen, um, I, I don't know exactly what that would do to the lineup, but, you know, it, it depends on what moves they're making. And they were in the running for on help again, and that was something that they were trying to do. Um, and he still hasn't made a decision because they're really hoping that he would come on board and, and maybe play some center field. He was a center fielder for the Giants. They moved him over to left last year just because he wasn't the defensive player he had been in the past. And uh, if they're able to get him, I think that would improve them defensively uh, by by a good margin. Um, but offensively, I, he's not going to do much. So they're kind of set where they're at 
and now they just kind of have to rely on some guys to, to maybe improve or uh, step up from what they've been showing in the past. Well, keep in mind the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays were the front runners to get Angel Pagan. The Tigers were listed. No doubt about that. Make no mistake, but but uh, I'd highly, I, I would uh, at least some somehow doubt that that the Tigers would get aimed would get on held but gone. Well, the, the no, move that they made with the, yeah, the move that they made with Moya probably more time. Yeah, the, the move they made with Moya kind of points to that because it looks like. I think if they were able to get Pagan, they probably are going to be Sands, Tyler Collins, or Mikey Matuk instead today, instead of Stephen Moya, who's obviously a corner outfielder. And that tells me that they probably don't they do probably don't have a lot of confidence that they can get him. So your start your starting lineup is probably going to be for opening day. You're probably looking at Collins and right. Jacoby Jones in center and Justin Upton in left. So that's what it's going to look like. Um, and I think at this point of the spring that there's not much else they can do except for hope that somebody steps up and, and, and really shows some, some promise while J.D. Martinez is out with that injury. About three to four weeks with a with a with a fractured Liz Frank uh, nerve in his right foot, Tyler Collins uh, has been red hot as of late. He had a three-run home run a, a, little, a little bit earlier this week, and then today he had a two-run home run at Ed Smith Stadium. One of the three home runs also hit by Omar Infante to the other one hit by Jacoby Jones to propel the Tigers to a 7-3 win. Tyler Collins has been, uh, well, statistically not not so hot. He, in, his th- in the game where he hit the three-run home run, he was like one for four. But um, he did knock in three runs. Today he knocked in two. Well, that's five runs in the last two or three games for Tyler Collins. Five RBIs. Well, the the the, the promising part about that, they're facing guys who are going to be major, on major league rosters in all probability. So that's a good sign. Now, at the same time, it is spring training, and just like you've always said, they they don't matter, but they do count, and um, you know it's. Oh, you know what? That, they, they my, don't my correction. Jacoby yeah. Jones did not hit a home run, though. It was James McCann, but continue. Yeah, and you just hope that he's able to, to give that to you on a semi-consistent basis. I mean, one for, you know, a guy who's who's going to bat down in your lineup hitting 250 with some decent power, I mean, that's about all you can ask for out of a, a bottom third hitter. I mean, not everybody's going to hit 300 with 20 home runs and 80 RBIs. So 
you, you've got to get some production, and hopefully it's just it's timely production. And that's the thing you have to look at, not what their raw numbers are, but when they're doing it. Because hitting a three-run home run when you're down 10 nothing isn't going to help you. But if you got guys on base in a one-run game and he's knocking them in, that's what they need out of them. Good, timely production from that bottom third of the lineup. And I think that that's what will really be the, the, the key for them offensively is that bottom three with McCann, Collins, and you know, depending on how they, they shape the lineup up, um, you know, that those bottom three guys coming out and, and seeing what they can do. See, that's the key. You gotta you gotta produce when it comes to uh clutch moments at at crunch time. When it's a close game in like the late innings, seventh or eighth or ninth innings, you're up to bat, and you're Tyler Collins. You got a chance to uh, knock in at least a couple runs. You are expected to do so, and if not, then and if you're not doing that frequently, then you become then you become or remain a bust. That's simple. Tyler Collins was one for three today. Uh, one for two for seven in his last two games that I witnessed. But five RBIs, two for seven with five RBIs in his last two games. Alex Presley went, went one for one. Tyler Collins started in left field. Center field position here. Andrew Romine, one for three. Toby Jones, over two with two strikeouts, unfortunately. So the Tigers, the go to go to play the Miami Marlins at 7.05 Friday night. It's at Roger Dean Stadium. Jordan Zimmerman, Adam Conley. Jordan Zimmerman against Adam Conley, the starting pitching matchup. Pistons get away with Pistons get away with a victory, ninety to eighty nine, against the sixteen and fifty nine Brooklyn Nets, who are now six and thirty one on the road. Pistons almost coughed it up. Andre Drummond with two points and eleven rebounds. Aaron Baines with seven and four rebounds and two assists. But, so that's a combined Andre Drummond with two assists as well. Two points, uh, nine points, 15 rebounds, four assists, and two steals and three blocks. But the blocks, the number of blocks combined is not too bad, but other, other than that, um, Everything everything else was uh, pretty bad. 
combine between the, those two usual centers played by Stan Van Gundy. Pistons, yeah, I I get it. A win's a win, but the Pistons, they they uh, they they somehow shot terribly, especially from the beginning of the game. They shot 41.9% total from the game compared to Brooklyn's 38.0%. Pistons shot 38.9% from three and 32.3% from three for Brooklyn. Andre Drummond, two for four from the free throw line. But um, before that game, since the All-Star break, Drummond has shot 21% from the free throw line. I would have to say it's slightly increased. He shot 50% from the free throw line tonight. Marcus Morris really lit it up tonight. 28 points and 13 boards. Aaron Baines could have uh, ended up with a minus, and instead he ends up with a plus. Yet he doesn't. Yeah, he didn't give. Yeah, he only got four rebounds, just four. Simply because he get, he only tries to bat the ball bat the rebound around with just one hand instead of grabbing the rebound with two hands. That is is one over-scrappy, over-ugly performing player in a backup center. And that's what we don't need. I mean, this team is obviously flawed in many ways, but I mean, the, just the way that they've played over the last month, I mean, February they played outstanding. And then in, yeah, the last, in the last two weeks especially, I mean, just pitiful performances by your your main guys. I mean, Andre Drummond plays 29 minutes and gets two points against, True. Brooklyn, uh, against a Brooklyn Nets team that I mean, I know Brooke Lopez is a good defensive center, but, I mean, two points. He didn't make a – he only attempted one field goal. I mean, it's it's, – got to be able to throw the ball in and get some points down low. I know know Brooke Lopez is a very good center, but you've got to be able to do better than that. And uh, with Reggie Jackson being – Reggie Jackson being out for the season, I really think this team is is primed for a, a big shakeup, and I think it's been. Yeah, I think the, there's a little mirage there in February where they started to play and even got hot and, and climbed up all the way almost to sixth spot. They were in the seventh spot for quite some time, and then the bottom just has fallen out on this team. And uh, you know, at, at this point, I think that. 
you know, they, they don't have very many games to go. Obviously, they've got six games to go, and you know, they don't look good to make the playoffs now, which two or three weeks ago was unfathomable based on how they were playing. And now, you know, they, they're on the outside looking in, and it really centers around the, the fact that they just are kind of a rudderless ship. They don't have a leader. They don't have a floor leader. They don't have somebody that can really bring the team together. Uh, Marcus Morris had himself a game tonight, 28 points, 13 boards. Um, but they just don't have a leader. And even when they were playing well, um, they, they didn't really have a leader. And I think that's the one thing that they're, they're missing that would really be able to to propel them to the next level. You look at the Eastern Conference, um, Boston, a really nice young team that is only going to get better. Um, Cleveland is always going to be Cleveland until LeBron James starts to decline. And Toronto is just going to keep doing what they can to, to stay competitive with those two. Um, you, you, to put yourself in the next level, you've got to have a guy that you can throw the ball to and, and know that he's going to take over at, at different points of the game. And right now they just don't have that. And I think that in the offseason it will be a real true test. Number one, does Stan Van Gundy survive the offseason or do they try to find a new coach with a new message? And also, what do they do with Andre Drummond and, and, and Reggie Jackson? Uh, can they find a team that will be willing to take them and get some decent return for those players? And that's going to be the, the real true test here in the offseason. Can they make that jump? Can they get somebody that's going to be a leader, or will somebody step up that's currently on the roster and, and really make it their team? Well, here's the thing. Here's why I think Stan Van Gundy should no longer be head coach of the Pistons after this season. He's not a smart in-game decision-making coach. Like I said before, but the only the only thing I know about it is uh, Stan Van Gundy continuing to play Andre Drummond and Aaron Baines and not Boban Marjanovic when Boban Marjanovic is signed to a three-year, $21 million contract. Last Friday night, six nights ago, Boban Marjanovic scored 15 points in eight minutes, outscoring a couple a combined effort of 14 points by Andre Drummond and Aaron Baines. Drummond with six and Baines with eight. They haven't done much as of late, but but after two days rest thereafter, after Friday night's game, the Pistons go to New York. They lose to the Knicks, 109-95, and Stan Van Gundy only plays Boban for just one minute and and in result, Marjanovic doesn't do squat. Instead, Stan Van Gunny still relies on Drummond and Baines to do their job as the two centers on this roster. And they still don't do enough to help this team win. In fact, Baines is even trying to guard the arc when he can't when he keeps on stuttering and can't and can't even uh, get near an opposing shooter from behind the arc. Baines doesn't even know what the hell to do. 
And Bobon, man, I, I, I feel him right now. Bobon is not at fault at all. Dan Van Gundy continues to sit him ever since Friday night, except for the one minute that, the one meaningless minute, which could have been at least eight or ten minutes, meaningful minutes, I may add. Could have uh, could have helped the team out. When remember when uh, the Pistons barely hung on to beat the Charlotte Hornets, one fifteen to one fourteen at the Palace. Bolvan Marjanovic actually recorded a really huge double double of fifteen points and nineteen rebounds. I looked it up just last night. No shitting about it, man. This is why Boban Marjanovic, is be- in my eyes, has become the new number one center. Now, he used to be, he used to be my number one backup, but now he's my number one center for this Piston team, at least fantasy wise, but more, more meaningful, so to speak. Yeah. But now. Yeah. With the Chicago Bulls winning over the Cleveland Cavaliers, a huge upset, by the way. Pistons remain in 10th place while the Bulls catch up to the Indiana Pacers uh, with it just a half game closer. They, the Bulls trail by just one game. The Pistons trail by two and a half games instead of three and a half. It it was three before the Pistons won tonight. But again, Bolivar Marjanovic has been set for most games by Stan Van Gundy and not used very much. Not used for very long. When, I mean, it's a who cares if it's his first season here? Who, who cares if Van Gundy has one too many centers? If, if he did, he could have used Bob Marjanovic over Aaron Bain, for God's sake, and, and still kept Andre Drummond because Drummond can, at least Drummond, Drummond can rebound the ball way better than Aaron Baines can. Bob Marjanovic can rebound the ball better than Baines can. Bob Marjanovic can... Marjanovic and Drummond, as usual, can score more than Aaron Baines can. Because Drummond and Marjanovic are both rebounding and scoring machines. Baines is the opposite. Baines is so inconsistent that he should not play basketball again period. He should go back to the NBA Developmental League. The the way I see him play in most games as a backup center, it's awful. Evidently awful from a visual standpoint. It pisses me off so many times that I think that I think when Baines 
when Baines com- when Baines becomes a restricted free agent, he will sign elsewhere. At least probably. Hopefully he does. So that's yeah. the whole story. Yeah, it's 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 just a mystery, and uh, for some reason, they, they don't trust Boban Marjanovic to to do what Dan Van Gundy apparently wants him to do. I don't know what else he could do in his limited they, time. I mean, I mean, like you said, he scored. He had a double double against Charlotte and played one of his better games, and and for that, he got rewarded by a seat on the bench. That's that's the way you, you kill guys' confidence. That's the way that you get guys thinking that they aren't a part of the team. They aren't a part of the solution. And you know, like I said, this team is just it's 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 a mishmash of, of guys and there's not one person that you look to and say, All right, he's the leader. He's gonna he's gonna take the team and put him on his back. And, and and I know that they've got different guys that can do it on any given night, but at some point they've got to get somebody that's that alpha dog that wants the ball, that wants the, the defense to stop. They want the ball to come to them on defense because they just don't have that guy right now. And, uh, you know, to your point about playing who at the five spot, um, you know, they, they just really – the lineup decisions that have been made in the front court uh, have been pretty pretty baffling. And you look at Ish Smith. I mean, he's been playing lights out. Uh, he he is the game winner. Opportunity tonight. He took advantage of it uh, with Reggie Jackson out for the season. Um, you know, he, he's really kind of taken that bull by the horns, but uh, I'm not real confident that Ish Smith is going to be your guy that that you ride to to uh, on a long run. So yeah, it, it, it's frustrating to watch, and uh, you know this offseason will be telling to see what they do because I think there's some major moves that they're going to need to do. KCP obviously the the forefront. Did they re-sign him to a max deal? Because if they don't, somebody will. And uh, a couple other players that. Uh, are going to get look to get paid here shortly as well. Tobias Harris, one of those guys, and in, in, in the year after that. So, uh, some interesting moves they're going to have to make, but it's just disappointing how they've played the last two or three weeks. And there's been really no deviation from the strategy and the lineups that Stephen Gundy has kept producing and, and putting out there. Pistons are off for three days before they head to BMO Harris Bradley Center on Monday night at 8 o'clock to play the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks now stand in a tie for fifth place with the Atlanta Hawks at 39 and 36 in the Eastern Conference standings. The Miami Heat, 37 and 38, 11 games back. A tie for sec, tie for seventh place with the Indiana Pacers, both with the same record. 
Bulls at 36 and 39, the Pistons 35 and 41. The Red Wings have now extended their regulation losing streak to two games with with a 5-3 defeat at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning at Amalie Arena. Anthony Mantha broke his finger in a fight, a meaningless fight, admittedly, with one of the Lightning players. Uh, Let me see here. Let me look up the name. Hold on a second. Trying to look up, up on Facebook here. Yeah, he fought, he fought Luke Witkowski. And, uh, Witkowski, yeah. Yeah, Witkowski. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, Mantha had a fight last week uh, with Greg McKegg and apparently violated the, the, the code that many hockey players live by. And so Luke Witkowski invited him to fight, and Anthony Mantha stood up for himself, which is good to see. On the flip side, he can't be doing that right now. No. Um, and I know that people want him to be the, the power forward of the future, and and you know they they think of those those old days where you know guys like Brendan Shanahan and those type of players did their own dirty work. Um, you know the game has changed since then, and I don't want Anthony Mantha mixing it up with guys like Luke Witkowski or Greg McKegg. Um, you know, if he's going to do it, he's, got, he's going to do it with somebody that's equally as valuable to the other team. And the Detroit Red Wings, who at one point had Steve Vaughn on the roster this year to, to do those things, don't have him anymore. They haven't replaced that. And so Anthony Manta, who has had a fair number of fights this year, now is out for the the rest of the season uh, by breaking his finger. And now the Wings, even though they've been eliminated from the playoffs, you know, you, you got you got to heal up your, your one of your younger players because he's being forced to stick up for himself because there is nobody else on that team that will do that. And you know, it, it's just it's it, it's a rough go for him, but I think that. You know, looking forward to to next year, you know, they've got to get somebody that will be willing to fight or be willing to to keep the flies off, so to speak, from those guys. I mean, Andreas Antonisio had a fight this week, for Pete's sake. I mean, those those guys aren't... Luckily, Andreas Antonisio didn't get injured at all. No. No, but I mean those guys don't need to, those guys don't need to be doing that. No, that, that's not what they're there for. It's good to see them stand up for themselves, but at the same time, you've got to have somebody that that can do that. I mean, even in today's game, um, you know, you've got to have somebody that can keep those guys from from having to fight their own battles sometimes. And the Red Wings just don't have that. They don't have a lot of things. There's a lot of elements that they're missing. But, um, you know, I, I think this Anthony Mantha thing is a little bit out of proportion simply because of who he is. Um, I like to see him mix it up. I wanted to see him do that. Um, but, you know, he kind of he learns a lesson tonight that, you know, 
And sometimes when you do those things, um, there's a price to pay, and he's out for the rest of the regular season. Um, so I think they have six games left uh, with that broken finger. So a bad season just turns to worse with his loss, and uh, right. the remaining six games are pretty much you know, just auditions for guys at this point and, and seeing what they can do. And that's, I think that really brings me to the point of the frustration is you have now, it's a lost season. It's been a lost season for a while. And they have guys that are playing in Grand Rapids. Evgeny Sveshnikov is one of them that really deserve at least a shot, a look, to see what they can do, where they stand, where are they in terms of their development, because you're going to need those guys. You're not going to be able to just dip back into the free agent pool with all the, the, the bad contracts and all the things that are going on with the Red Wings roster. You're going to have to bring those guys up and, and find out what they can do. It'll be interesting to see who they pull up from Grand Rapids uh, to cover Anthony Manson's spot. And that will also affect the Grand Rapids Griffins in their playoff race in the AHL. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but you know, at this point, it's, 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 it's almost a moot point simply because of where they're at in the standings and what they have left. So uh, unfortunately for Manta, he, he ends his season six, six games early. But, um, you know, I think that he really showed everybody what he is capable of. And I'm confident that next year he'll be able to come back and, and really continue uh, the pace of play that he was able to do this year. True. A couple things I'd like to touch on here. Um, the, the, those injuries came late. Those uh, season-ending injuries came late, right after the Red Wings were eliminated from playoff contention. Luke Lindenning out for the season, and now Anthony Manta tonight out for the season. Andreas Athanasio returned from sitting out with a with a bum right shoulder, I believe, from colliding with Eddie Lack when Lack got injured. Probably he he probably is out for the rest of the season too. Went out that SCU scored his second consecutive breakaway goal. Matha and At- both Anthony Matho and Athanasiu, the second thing I want to touch on, have been taking over before Athanasiu got hurt slightly and Manta got injured for the rest of the season. But but the one thing I like to see is for Andreas Athanasio and Anthony Mantha to be the two biggest stars on the team to prove how they are. Those those two biggest stars on this roster. Two two goals each for Anthony Mantha and Athanasio. Sunday's game on Sunday afternoon's game against the Minnesota Wild and Monday's game 
the first of the two-game series in Carolina against the Hurricanes. Oh, all those four breakaway goals by Athanasiu and Mather combined were on breakaways. Athanasiu picked up an assist. They they were they kept on producing in that span right before Athens right to the very end where Athanasiu scored his second breakaway goal and simultaneously collided with Eddie Lack. That's when disaster struck, not only for the Hurricanes but for the Red Wings as well, because Andreas Athanasiu had to sit and Anthony Mantha was left alone stuck in the the rest of the shit pile of the roster with Anthony with uh, Justin Abocator, Danny DeKaiser, Mike Green, Nicholas Cronwall. etc. And the Hurricanes took advantage and won four to one. The Red Wings were very much on the verge of getting eliminated right before the Bruins lobbered the Nashville Predators four to one and to put the icing and to seal it to seal the whole deal the Toronto Maple Leafs at home at Air Canada Center hung on to beat the Florida Panthers 3-2 to to eliminate the Red Wings from playoff contention, thus ending their 25-season Stanley Cup playoffs appearance streak. But you know, but you see where that adds up. Andreas Athanasiu and Anthony Mantha were needed for the entire season. The Red Wings, to begin the season, sent Mantha down to the Grand Rapids Griffins, and they only kept Andreas Athanasiu up. They should have called. They should have kept up Mantha. As a matter of fact, at the end of last season, when they first called him up. And they should have kept him up to begin the season. And if they did that, the Red Wings would have at least got got past down, but or make or maybe at least make it seven game, seven games against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the uh, first round series rematch. Beating dating back to 2015. And Ken Holland, like the typical general manager that he is for this organization, kept on kicking Anthony Mantha and Andreas Athanasiu to the curb until they, they started they started proving that they were the best two players on the roster. When they kept proving it to Ken Holland and Jeff Blaschel. There was was a meaningless debate between 
the this tag team, this evil tag team of Holland and Blaschel, and the good tag team of Athanasio and Anthony Mantha. And Holland and Blaschel were cocky, were too cocky to, to use the, the young guys. They wanted to use this, these expensive veterans who were locked up to expensive long-term poison pill contracts, such as Henrik Zetterberg, Justin Ablocator, Darren Helm, Danny DeKaiser, Nicholas Cronwald, Jonathan Erickson. That's just... Uh, that that's just that, that was just the epitome that was just the epitome of the Red Wings downfall slow but sure downfall to finally having that playoff streak end because it seemed meaningless due to the fact that they were they haven't reached a conference final since 2009 when they lost their Stanley Cup at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game Seven of the of the '09 Cup Final, and then they got eliminated in the first round in four, uh, four times in the last five seasons. Three of those first round eliminate three of those four three of those first round three of those four first round eliminations in five games. One in 2012, one two, against the Predators. One in two, second one in 2014 against the Bruins, and then just last year to the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games. Those were, all those three were inevitable. Because the Red Wings were a joke in the playoffs. We kept believing that Ken Holland needed to go. The first, the first of those three five-game five first-round eliminations forced Nicholas Lidstrom to retire. That, that's, but that's been the whole story of this entire downfall. Red Wings go back home on Saturday at 7 at Joe Louis Arena and play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, to, to play the Toronto Maple Leafs, rather, on Fox Sports Detroit and CBC's Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL Network may be blacked out. But anyway, the Maple Leafs are going to win, hopefully, and hopefully they do. Because now, since the since the Red Wings have officially had officially been eliminated with that four four one regulation loss at Carolina on Tuesday, the second of the two game series at PNC Arena, they haven't won since Monday, and now they're headed for another downfall, which is good for their future because the Red Wings. Are going to are only going to lose expensive um, long term contract money to, that they're trying to pay the useless veterans like Justin Abelgator, Jonathan Erickson, 
and Nicholas Conwall and whatnot. I just got word that Pistons shooting guard Contavious Caldwell Pope was just arrested for DUI. Uh oh. Whoops. Oh boy. Your thoughts on this box? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, this is something that. Um, this, this happened um, this morning. <laughs> um, actually, it happened at 2.50 a.m. Uh, this, this earlier this today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and uh, he probably will face some, some discipline. You know, but that's that's a, that's the mark there, right, of a, a rudderless team. You don't have a leader that's telling these guys, hey, you know, we're, we're in a bad spot here. Let's not do anything stupid. Let's try to get back together as a team. Let's try to really right the ship and see what we can do. Don't do anything stupid. And they don't have that guy. And that's just another example there. I mean, KCP making an individual decision um, to drive all intoxicated, but... Um, you know, that that just shows me that there's not a strong presence in that locker room player-wise that is holding guys accountable. And I think that's just you know, kind of the capper on, on the on the night or on the on the season. What happened last night with, with KCP is, you know, he's getting pulled over for drunk driving the night before a game. Um, that, that can't happen. Um, and it's a young guy. He made a mistake. I don't think he's any, ever had any other troubles with the law before now, but that just shows the the lack of accountability and leadership that the, the Pistons need in the ranks of, of their roster. And uh, we'll see what happens. But for a team that was hoping to maybe do something, make a run, that could be potentially the fatal blow there because I'm sure that they'll have some sort of discipline, whether it be a fine or maybe even a suspension. And uh, we'll see how they react to that, but just not a good situation for them. And uh, as that story develops, we'll see what happens. Well, 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 a special report just breaking in. ACP um, actually uh, almost a day late coming in. The, re- the reports, the report coming in almost a full day late. Those lazy Detroit media, mainstream, lazy uh, shills of mainstream Detroit sports media. Not reporting it until tonight. This is a, this is exactly why there was first Jeff Moss of the Detroit Sports Rag, and now this is the, and now we have the Michigan Sports Truth backing him up. And uh, you can. And to all the, to the entire audience out there, you can follow 
Jeff Moss on Twitter, the founder and editor-in-chief of the Detroit Sports Flag. On Twitter at Jeff Moss DSR. Like his Facebook page, DetroitSportsRag.com. That's his website, DetroitSportsRag.com. And join his Facebook group, Detroit Sports Rag. All in one word. So that has been, that was all. The uh, Michigan sports uh, headline, yeah, headlines and news material for for tonight. That was all, um, and, and none of it none of it real uh, uplifting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fans need to stop. Yeah, fans need to stop saying Detroit versus everybody. It's Detroit versus Detroit. Yeah, Detroit versus themselves. Uh, that's right. Again, Pistons have confirmed KCP arrested early Wednesday morning, 2.50 a.m. in Auburn Hills for suspicion for DUI. Local 4 News first reported it. Aaron, Aaron McMahon tweeted it just tonight. That's why KCP did not play tonight. And Pistons, uh, Pistons easily could have lost. That's another reason the Pistons easily could have lost that game to a very, very beyond pitiful Brooklyn Nets team. Pistons could have been swept in the season series. Uh, yeah, that's with you. I, I better check that season series one more time. Uh, oh yeah, they they could have been swept. They only played three damn games. Tonight was the last one. Only three games. First off, they lost one hundred nine to one hundred one in Brooklyn at Bar- Barclays Center. Then they lost ninety eight ninety six on Brook Lopez's buzzer beater last week. And then tonight they won ninety to eighty nine. The Nets uh, turn the turn the ball over. The Pistons. Marcus Morris hit one of two free throws to seal it. Finished with twenty eight points and thirteen boards. So with that being said, it is now finally time to hand the microphone microphone over to Lewis Tenor for the all the scores, standings, and headlines from around the rest of the sports world. Lewis, take it away. I'd be glad to. All right, starting off in the NBA here, uh, with 10.56 to go in the third quarter, the Clippers lead the Suns, 69-63. Chris Paul has 13 points, 7 assists, and 4 rebounds. Devin Booker, well, it's not going to be a 70-point night, but still a respectable 21 points, 6 assists, and 2 rebounds so far. Uh at 6.22 to go in the second quarter, the Blazers lead the Rockets, 53-42. James Harden has 12 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and Damian Lillard has 11 points, 5 assists, 1 rebound. And he has played the entire first quarter and did not appear to have any issues with his left wrist. 
continuing on, the Pistons edged the Nets 90-89. Rondo Hollis-Jefferson, 14 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist. Marcus Morris, 28 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks. And another note on James Harden. He set a personal high for three-pointers in a season with 237, beating last year's mark of 236. Continuing on, uh, Bulls beat the Cavaliers 99-93. LeBron James had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Nikolai Mordedic, 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 1 assist. And finally, Wolves, uh, Wolves over the Lakers, 119-104. Tyreek Black, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks. Rick Rubio, 33 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds. All right, shall we go to the standings? Okay, here we go. And the standings go this way. Boston still leads the East, uh, 48-27, a half game over the South, uh, Cavaliers. 47 and 27. Wizards, 46 and 29, two games back. Raptors are three games back at 45 and 30. Atlanta is nine games back at 39 and 36. Bucks are 39 and 36 as well. The Heat are 37 and 38, as well as the Pacers, both 11 games back. Bulls are on the outside looking in at 36 and 39, 12 back. Pistons are 13 and a half back at 35 and 41. Hornets are 34 and 41, 14 back. Um, Sixers and Knicks are 28 and 47, 20 back. Are now officially eliminated from playoff contention, as well as the Maver- as well as the Magic, who are 27 and 48, 21 back, and the Nets 16 and 59, 32 back. In the West, Warriors make it 61 and 14, three and a half over the Spurs at 57 and 17. At 51 and 23 are the Rockets, nine and a half back. 15 back are the Jazz at 46 and 29. Clippers are 45 and 31, 16 and a half back. Thunder 43 and 31, 17 and a half back. Grizzlies 41 and 34, 20 back, and the Blazers 36 and 38. 24 and a half back. Down the list we go here. Nuggets, 25 and a half back at 35 and 39. Pelicans, 32 and 43, 29 back. 29 and a half back are the Mavericks at 31 and 43. Wolves, 30 and 34, 30 and a half back. Kings, 29 and 46, 32 back. Oh boy. Suns, 22 and 53, 39 back. And the Lakers, 21-54, an embarrassing 40 games back. Oof. That's really getting. Shall we go to the NHL? All right. Uh, right now, with just starting the third period, Oilers lead the Sharks 2-1. Uh, Simmons scores his 30th uh, goal of the year to beat the Islanders 6-3. I still think he's a great player. And a lot of jerk. Uh, Hurricanes... Uh, beat the Blue Jackets 2-1 to one on a goal by Halflin in overtime. Rask gets his seventh shot of the year as the Bruins beat the Stars 2 to nothing. Uh, Byron helped the Canadians beat up the Panthers 6-2. to 
Lightning get two power play goals to beat the Red Wings 5-3. to three. Uh, Maple Leafs beat the Predators 3-1 to one for their fifth win in six games. Starlock uh, beat the Senators 5 to, to help the uh, Yeah, excuse me. Starlock helps the Wild beat the Senators 5-1 to one for his first win with the Wild. There we go. And Jets uh, get past the Ducks in overtime, four to three. Uh, no information given. Hmm. Okay. Standings here, and away we go. Montreal has clinched the playoff spot, and are now 44, 24, 9, 97 point. Nine, yes, 97 points. Ottawa, 91 points at 41, 26, and 9. Toronto is at 89 points at 37. 24 and 15. Boston, 41, 30 and 6, 88 points. Tampa, 38, 29 and 9, 85 points. Um, Panthers, 33, 33 and 11, 77 points. Buffalo, 32, 33 and 12, 76 points. Detroit, 74 points at 31, 34 and 12. And those last four have been eliminated. Sorry, guys. Anywho. Oh, I just got some good news, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh-oh. In the Metropolitan Division, Washington, 51, 17, 8, 110 points. Oh, well. Columbus, 49, 19, 8, 106 points. Pittsburgh, 46, 19, 11, 103 points. Now for my good news, even though they're not playing tonight, the Rangers are still 46 26 to 5 with 97 points, and it has now been declared they have now clinched a playoff spot. Thank you. So now it doesn't matter for the rest of the season. Well, of course, we'd still like to get up in the rankings a bit, but they're going to the playoffs. I'm a heavy camper. Um, Carolina, 84 points at 35, 27, and 14. Islanders, 35, 29, and 12 at 82 points. Not going to catch us. Aha. Uh, Philadelphia, 37, 32, and 882 points should be on its way out by uh, the weekend. And the Devils, dead last, 27, 35, and 14, 68 points. Ugh. Since 2012, they have done nothing. Okay, Western Conference. Chicago, 49, 29, and 7, 105 points. Minnesota, 45, 24, and 8, 98 points. At 90 points are the Blues at 42-20-6. At 89 points is uh, Nashville at 39-27-11. Winnipeg is 79 points at 36-35-7, have been officially eliminated. Dallas, 31-35-11, 73 points, also eliminated. And Colorado, which has been eliminated since probably since Christmas, 20, 53, and 3, a measly, disgusting 43 points. I can go on with all night. Pacific Division, Anaheim, 42, 23, and 12, 96 points. Uh, Sharks, 93 points at 43, 26, and 7. Edmonton also has 93 points, but they're at 42, 25, and 9. Calgary, 90 points at 43, 30, and 4. 43, 30, and 4, excuse me. Kings, 36, 33, and 7, 79 points. 
Vancouver, 30-37-9, 69 points, eliminated. And Arizona also eliminated at 27-41-9, and 63 points. The, um, I don't know if anybody cares about this or not, but the NIT had their championship match tonight. And it wasn't even much of a game with this one, folks, as TCU just annihilated Georgia Tech 88-56. And the game was at Madison Square Garden. And tickets were going for as low as six bucks. Gee, you're not going to get much out of that when only you're selling it for six bucks. Uh, I just want to get the um, statistics on final statistics on this one. Bear with me for a second, please. Uh, that's not it. Mm-hmm. All right, NIT, and we all NIT stands for. Not important tournament. Thank you. All right. Uh, Tadric Jackson finishes with 19 points, one assist, and one steal. Kendrick Kendrick Williams finishes with 25 points, 12 rebounds, and one assist. Yeah. The real the real thing is Saturday. Well, begins Saturday anyway. All right. Um. Okay, now on to, I believe, uh, no, I'm, I go to the um, baseball uh, on the diamond today because we get close to wrapping up spring training. I know we're all excited for that, folks, aren't we? All right, so here we go. Uh, give me a second here. Okay. In the top of the seventh, the Diamondbacks lead the Indians 5-3 to three, uh, with one on, one out, a runner on first. McFarlane is pitching. Santana is up at bat. Okay, continuing on in the bottom of the sixth, Dodgers lead the Angels one nothing. Uh, the three balls, one strike, and two outs. Uh, Alvin is pitching. Orlando is batting. Uh, zip zip between the Athletics and the Giants with a runner on third and one out. Yeah. Well, Gurian is pitching and. Lowry is at bat. Um, Mets were over the Las Vegas 51s in an exhibition match, 5-4. to four. Tigers over the Orioles, 7-3. to three. Boyd was with the win. Bundy was with the loss. And Mokalian was with the save. All right. Um, Red Sox uh, handled Washington pretty easily today, 8-1. to one. Kendrick with the win and Ross was the loser. In a pretty much no contest match today, Yankees just crushed the Phillies 14-1. Serviano was with the win and Exhoff with the loss. <coughs> Twins and Rays bow to a 6-6 draw. Rockies over the Padres 10-5. Anderson with the win and Richard with the loss. Uh, Cardinals were over Memphis 9-3. Not giving any stats on that one. Thanks a lot. And last but not least, Astros over the Cubs, 8-6. to six. Hoyt with the win, Rondon with the loss, and Gregerson with the save. All right, now for the news items of the day. As soon as I can scroll down here. Oh, yeah. 
Well, another one of the underclassmen of college basketball decides to leave again to become a big shot in the NBA. This time it goes to UCLA freshman J.T. Leaf, decides to enter the NBA draft, and is expected to be a first-round, selected in the first round in the draft in June. If you ask me, I think that's crazy. Because what, can a, what does a freshman know? Yeah, well, good luck on that one, bub. Continuing on. All right, NCAA to hold off the to hold off the decision on North Carolina returning to the to the championship NCA site uh, to the state as, a, as state representatives voted to repeal the controversial H two law. Um, Buffalo Sabres center Sam Reinhart was benched last night for being late to the team's morning skate uh, yesterday. He missed a text message saying that the stretch began at 11 a.m. and not began at 11 a.m. and not at 10:30. Hmm. Well, maybe you should listen to that text, buddy. Okay. Um, a few notes here. South Carolina Gamecocks uh, guard Sidrius Thorwell is out of Saturday's game uh, as he came down with a with a with a bug of some sort. Uh, no specific details were given. Except by the time they got to Phoenix, Thornwell was running a slight temperature. By the time I got to Phoenix, I don't know. Oh dear. Um, surgery on. Uh, Cam Newton uh, went successful for a torn rotator cuff. Uh, rehab is going to start on Monday, but he won't be able to throw a ball for 12 weeks and won't be able to work out with the team until late July or early August, as the case may be. All right, uh, we're going up here now. Oh, our Clippers hold off Wizards last night, 133-124. Kings pulled, put out Calgary's flame, 4-1. to Sorry. Uh, Capitals over the Avalanche, 5-3. to And the Blues over the Coyotes last night, 3-1. to Former New Jersey Devils Zach Parisi will miss a few games. Uh, he's now with the Wild, I should say. Uh, will miss a few games with an eye injury after getting hit in the face by a puck by the Capitals' Tom Wilson, but should be able to return next week. Um, to add on to that, Parisi suffered a swollen eye and bruises to the head after the play. An annual high school tradition was played last night, as we call it, the McDonald's All-American game. As the East beat the West 109-107, and a top prospect named Michael Porter Jr., you might have heard of him, uh, was your leading scorer with 17 points and was the game's MVP. Uh, Porter will attend Missouri this fall, where his father was hired as the assistant coach. Um Eagles fans say no to Greg Hardy. Now, not the Philadelphia Eagles now, keep that in mind. This is an indoor football team in Utah called the Screaming Eagles. And they took a fan poll, and the majority of the fans said not to sign Greg Hardy to their team. He was the, he was a former defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys. And given his history, uh, which was called for suspension of domestic violence and cocaine possession, just name a few of his antics. It's ugly. He was suspended 
15 games in 2014 and an additional four games in 2015. Uh, Russell Westbrook made history as he now has more 40-point games in his season in franchise history. Uh, Thunder over the tragic 114-106 last, uh, last night. Westbrook had 57 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists in that thrilling overtime game where he hit a three-pointer to tie the game at the end of regulation. This guy does not know the meaning of the word quit. All right. Now, Hornets escape Raptors, 110-106. Heat over the next 105-88 as this merciful season comes to an end, finally. Uh, Bucks over the Celtics, 103-100. Grizzlies over the Pacers, 110-97. Pelicans over the Mavericks, 121-118. Blackhawks. Outskate the Pens last night, 5-1, to one, which made a break for us, meaning the Rangers. Uh-huh. Uh, Dodgers over the Dodgers and Mariners played with a 3-3 tie yesterday. Marlins and Astros were a 5-5 tie. And they say there's no tying in baseball. Oh, sorry, bad joke. All right. Former Rams safety T.J. McDonald, who is now a free agent, has been suspended eight games for reckless driving, steaming from a traffic accident last month and was sentenced to three years probation for a, for a DUI. Uh, Mets and Rays were tied at two. Uh, Rays handle O's 15-6. Phillies beat up on the Pirates 8-2. Cardinals over the Nationals 6-2. Twins over the Red Sox 6-3. Excuse me. Phillies were over the Tigers 8-2. Yankees over the Bluebirds 3-1. Padres and White Sox were in a 9-9 tie yesterday. Rangers and Royals couldn't do anything right, and it was a 0-0 tie. Sounds like an MLS game. Angels were over the Brewers 8-6, and the Indians were over the Reds 9-6. Marshawn Lynch was thinking, thinking of making a comeback in the NFL, according to coach Pete Carroll. ESPN responded last month that Lynch would sign with the Raiders if he comes out of retirement. Seahawks are open to trade talks to Richard Sherman, but probably not going to happen. And the Cubs were over Oakland 15-11. 15-11. What was the pitching in that game? Um, okay. Continuing on with the um, Zach Reese, he took a high stick call. And not only that, but he collided with uh, the, knee, the knee of Jay Beagles in that game and took a hard fall to the ice. And the rest I've already mentioned. Um, Red Wings, 25-year playoff streak is officially over as they lost to the Hurricanes on Tuesday night. That's good news. I know, for some. Now, here's something interesting. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs rookie sensation, Austin Matthews, set a new record with his 35th goal. Uh, it's a new record for rook- for rookies in the NHL, surpassing Wendell Clark, which he did that back 32 years ago. That's right. That was never done by, Mess- never done by Messier, never done by Lemieux, never done by Gretzky, and never done by Howe. Wow. And uh, continuing on here, um, Patriots won't consider Joe Mixon 
after his assault episode of a woman in a bar in 2014. The video shows Mixon punching the woman that broke several bones in her face. The Boston Herald first reported to not draft Mixon. <sighs> I can't say I don't blame him. Right, just a second here. Uh, James Harden of the Rockets says MVP should matter to players involved in eighty in all eighty-two games. Only Harden and Westbrook have played in all eighty-two games this season. Devon Booker, who scored a whopping seventy points on Friday, sat out last night's game, uh, March twenty-seventh game, actually with an ankle injury. Pacers big three: Stuckley, Jefferson, and Robertson down with injuries, but Stuckley's is the most serious with a left patella tendon and could be out four to six weeks. Jefferson out two weeks with a sprained left ankle and Robinson to have his calf injury re-evaluated. Talk about a triple threat, but that's when you don't want to have. Ah. Um, March 28th at 11.45. Women's U.S. women's hockey team reached a deal to play at the World Championship and avoid boycott. The tournament begins uh, tomorrow, um, and the deal is a four-year plan. Roger Goodell plans to attend the Patriots opener, the NFL kickoff game. Goodell makes his first appearance at Gillette Stadium since the flight date. Um Jets over the Devils, 4-3 on, on Tuesday night. Bruins over the Yahoos, 4-1. Flyers over Sanders, 3-2. Hurricanes over Red Wings. Blue Jackets over Sabres, 3-1. Rangers didn't need that. And Hams were over the Stars, 4-1. Bucks owner... Wait, no, Bucks over. Hornets... 118-108. Wolves at the Pacers, 115-114. Sixers were over the Nets, 106-101. Hawks beat the Suns, 95-91. Heat edged the Pistons, 97-96. And, and, and Jazz shooting guard Gordon Hayward is question, was questionable for a game against the Kings. Um, I think I did everything else, so uh, that'll do it for me, and I'll just turn it back over to you, gentlemen. All right. Um, we, will have, we will not have a post game tomorrow night, regardless of what goes on with me. Um, I have off, but only the Tigers play tomorrow night at 7.05 at Roger Dean Stadium against the Miami Marlins. Jordan Zimmerman against Adam Conley again. I do have a Spreaker podcast episode lined up, episode 258 with Ed Smith. Tomorrow night at midnight. But if not, then I'll have the have the night completely off unless I have to do a special report. So the so, there, so uh, our next post game will be tomorrow night at 11. 
Don't yes, you mean Saturday? Yes, Saturday. Well, it'll be Saturday night at 11. Okay, and I'm bringing my cell phone with me this weekend, by the way, so I'll be calling from that. That's fine. All right. Just want to let you know. All right, thanks. Sure. So until then, episode 235, Saturday at 11, and episode 258 on Spreaker, Friday night at midnight. For Buck Gino, I'm Taylor Phillips. Thanks, Buck Gino, for joining us. No problem. Thanks, Buck. Yeah. Follow Buck Gino on Twitter at Buck Gino the Third Triple I, and follow me on Twitter at, at DT Two Phillips. Like the Facebook page, The Michigan Sports Truth, and join the Facebook group, The Michigan Sports Truth. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Good night, folks. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.